Hi, everybody. This is Autumn Casiglia, and you are listening to the Gather Podcast. And uh, we heard from Diane last week. We heard about her ups and downs and how she gathers strength from God in those times when things are making her feel weak. And I just want to share a little bit about my story. Um, you've heard some, some of it here and there, and I'll just say that um, for years I struggled with chronic Lyme disease. And in those times of feeling really weak while I was trying to take care of my kiddos, I really learned a lot about dependency on God. And one of the ways I did that was I had an IV antibiotic that went from my arm to my heart. And during that time, I was literally dependent on that medicine. Now, I'm a person that hates medicine. I hate pills. I wasn't really big on even supplements at that point. I was just eat healthy food, you know, actually eat junk food sometimes. That's where I was at. Didn't really love um, even taking medicine if I had a headache. And um, so, as you can imagine, I did not love this, but I had to have it. It was actually, the Lyme was affecting my heart, so I had to have it in order to get well. And so I learned a lot about letting something help me, letting other people help me. I had to rely on my parents and Joe's parents to help me. And so then I started thinking about what it would look like in my life if, um, if I just focused on being self-sufficient at that time. And honestly, my weakness would grow, right? Because I would quickly lose my strength. I would quickly not be able to do the things I wanted to do. So at some points in my life, I had to actually just lay on the couch and let the kids come to me and I would read them stories. But if I tried to do the dishes, I would lose all my strength for that day and have to go to bed. So I had to rely on other people. So when we think about God being our strength, we look at saying, okay, I, when I actually lean into dependency on him, I actually grow stronger. So when you feel weak emotionally, maybe you deal with anxiety or maybe you deal with um, other things that maybe at work, things aren't going the way you want them to and you just keep getting um, turned down for that promotion or, or something is frustrating you and you have to find your confidence somewhere else besides in relationships or in your work. That's the time to run to him and to rely on him to be your confidence, to be your strength, to be enough for you. So when I look into the scriptures and I see what he says about strength, he says this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10, where Paul says it, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, persecution, difficulties, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. So Jesus tells us that he is our strength and that he's more than enough. So this was Paul actually praying and asking for a thorn to be removed from his side. And he says, you know, please remove this. And Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. And so he leans in to God's strength when he felt weak. Now, we don't know what that thorn was. That is, leaves us questioning. I tend to wonder if it was guilt over the fact that he had persecuted Christians and actually was part of even Stephen's, the Apostle Stephen's murder. And if that accusation from the enemy just came, kept coming up in his head that he had murdered people. And if he, God was asking to remove, or he, Paul, was asking to remove that. I wonder, or it could be a physical illness. We really don't know for sure. But when he felt, whether it be accusations from the enemy that he wasn't enough, that God's grace wasn't sufficient, 
Either way, Jesus was saying, my grace is sufficient for you. You need to run to me so I can remind you of that grace that is offered over and over again. See, what we want is that one-time healing, that once and done. You know, we don't want to lean in to our dependency on God. We want to be self-sufficient. But really, just like me, needing to sit on the couch and let other people help me, we sometimes just need to sit in God's grace and let him fill us up with his strength. So we tend to want to isolate and hide when we're weak because we feel shame. But really what we need to do is run to our Father and run to Jesus and run to the Spirit and say, wow, I need you. I'm feeling this anxiety. I feel like I can't take another step. I don't know if I can do it scared anymore. And I just want to quit. And he says, no, I got you. I'm going to carry you through this again. And that's good news. So I'll take you to another scripture in Hebrews. It says this. And it's the faith chapter. My favorite chapter in Hebrews is Hebrews 11. And it starts out being probably a very familiar verse that you know of. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And so then it goes into all these people that were filled with faith. And it says that they were credited to them righteousness, which is a right relationship with God, because of their faith in Jesus. So really what it is, is their faith in Jesus brought them into a relationship with him. And that was what gave them um, a new life. It wasn't their works, right? It was their faith. So then you hear about these other people and it goes from one person to the next and it says this, and what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength. So what you need to realize, Gideon, he was terrified. He did not think of himself as a warrior. And God said, no, this is what I'm calling you to do. And he called him. He was actually hiding from the enemy at the time. And so God showed up and he said, I, I called you into this place and I'm going to turn your weakness into strength and use you. So in my journal time, I just, what I do is I write a letter to God and it just says this. I'm going to really share this with you because this has been a really good addition. And it started actually when I was sick was I couldn't pray because my mind would wander. And so I just started writing letters to God, and they really turned into my personal psalms. And mine just says, Father, when I feel weak, I want to hide. I feel shame, and I feel like I will be unloved. If I am not perfect, if I do not meet others' needs, you say rely on you and run to you for strength, and when I need you, you are there. So calm my fears, help me do things scared, knowing you love me always. And I want my confidence and my strength to always come for you. So I also rewrote Psalms 18, 1 to 3, and it just says, Lord, you I love, you are my strength. You give me a place to rest. You shelter me, you deliver me, and you protect me. I trust you, you shield me, and you rescue me. I will praise you. You are the anchor of my soul and my salvation. I will call on you when I am weak, and you will save me and make me strong. So a lot of times I will take a verse and put it in my own words because that makes it more personal to me and it makes it real. Whereas if I'm just reading it, sometimes my mind can wander.
Okay. So I want to pray for you and then I'll share a tool and a book. Okay. Father, thank you so much that you promise us that when we run to you, that you will turn our shame into strength, that you will turn our weakness into power and that you fill us with your spirit. So help us as we're scared to um, come to you to be brave. And thank you that every day that we're at home doing what we need to be doing at work, in our relationships, that you say we don't have to rely on things from outside of us to fill us up, that you want to live in us. You living in us is where our strength comes from. And so we just ask that you help us to live that way, dependent on you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we have a book that I was going to recommend to you, and this is one of my favorite books. It's called There's a Party in Heaven. And um, there's another book called Someday Heaven and What is Heaven Like? So I'm going to give you all three of those books in the email. And I think it's really important to give kids a theology of heaven. And obviously, one day they are going to experience loss. And before that happens, we want to equip them with this hope of heaven so that they know that there's more to this life than just what they see, right? So, and this is a, a great one. So, and then I wanted to also tell you that we are making a tool for you that you're going to be able to click on. It's like a graphic that you can um, print out and use with your kids or use for yourself. And that is the acronym called RAIN. And this is an idea that is so important. I use it in my practice, my counseling practice, with clients that have a really hard time with their own emotions. And so we talked today about finding strength in God. And one of the things I see with my clients is they have a hard time just feeling how they feel. They feel shame, and so then they shut down those feelings. So what it's really important to do is first realize that those feelings actually are from God. Feelings are not sin. Um, you don't sin when you feel angry. It says, be, ang be angry and do not sin in your anger. So that's really important to know that our feelings are just indicators. They're like a dial on your car. And if you push them down, then what happens with a car, if you ignore that, those dials, your car breaks. So we want to pay attention to our emotions and we want to teach our kids to. If we're trying to take care of our kids' emotions and kind of... Um, I'll really quickly just um, squelch anger or quiet sadness. We actually just want to teach them to recognize their feelings and experience them and not be um, so quick to kind of try to fix those feelings. So the first R is just that, just recognize your feelings. Recognize what that feels like, what you're um, feeling in your body and what you're thinking and be able to label it. So teaching our kids to do that, teaching ourselves to do that, to label those feelings that we're having and to kind of put words to them and then eventually to be able to say that out loud. That's a big thing we can teach our kids. And then the next one is A, which is accept your feelings without judgment. Just accept them that, that you feel that way. There's no um, shame in feeling that way. And then I is you're going to interpret and... Um, you're going to look at those feelings and you're going to say, all right, how likely is it that that person doesn't like me? How much evidence do I really have? And you're going to do that in a way so that you kind of leave room for the possibility of doubt. Because a lot of times what we have with social anxiety is we assume what other people are thinking. We tell ourselves a story in our head, right? And we won't want to do that because that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
So when you get to the interpret stage, you actually let yourself think about how much evidence do I have to support um, what I'm also thinking from that feeling. And then N is non-identification or natural. So you say feelings are natural, just kind of like rain comes in and it goes out. And guess what? Other people have those feelings. So other people have social anxiety. They worry about what other people think of them too. And so if you can think, well, everybody else is actually worrying more about what other people are thinking of them than what I said that maybe was a little awkward. That helps a lot. And if we can teach our kids that, that will help them with their anxiety too. So hopefully you like that rain idea. The big idea is that your feelings are gonna come in and they're gonna go out. And it's always better to let yourself feel those feelings to kind of understand where they're coming from, to connect your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors, and actually to take those to God and to talk to him about those. Because our heart is the place where all of our relationship with God, our understanding of who we are and who he is originates. And that's where a lot of our feelings are coming from. So we wanna take all of those feelings to God. That's how you have a real relationship that is alive and active with God. We worship him in spirit and truth. So if we're trying to clean it all up and put a little box and put a bow on it, then it's not gonna be a real relationship with him, right? So we wanna take any anger, any sadness, any fear right to him, and that's where we'll find our strength. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Have a good one.